Welcome to part two, or I should say overtime of, uh, no, that's stealing from Delmar, but whatever. <laughs> you know, the, we don't um, want to steal from him right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't tell if I'm peeking or not. It's distracting. Fuck it. All right. Um, so, this is like literally that's how I am right now. It's like, literally, so I'm not already in. I'm not going to fucking go back and forth and worry about it. But yeah, uh, last, last few movies we were talking about before we kind of had to rush ourselves and and get out of there was i think uh uh hidden figures which i I think only leo saw that one and you said like basically the first half was uh really solid but then the second half was just generic yeah the the whole thing itself is pretty conventional you know it's it's all uplifting the performances are really good i wasn't surprised by it winning the sag award for best ensemble because they all collectively work really well together yeah um it is also very oscar baity but i said it was you know the crowd pleaser of the year because i think all fans go into that movie and they're just like, yeah, it's good. They're not going to like have really any complaints because you can't. It's kind of like The Martian last year. There's really like, yeah. not a lot of complaints you can make about it. But, um, you know, and it's an important movie in terms of uh, getting more roles for women and women of color. Yeah, uh, It does a lot of good things. Yeah, I just think, you know, uh, Kevin Costner's you know, reduced to sort of grizzled NASA guy, and he's, he's kind of grizzled in every movie now. Like yeah. even his Pa Kent's, yeah, uh, he was just like fuck everybody, let the kids die in the school bus, <laughs> uh, don't show your powers to anybody. I'm an old man, yeah, you know, yeah. and he's just kind of doing that again. Like I'm old, uh, you you can't be a NASA, you're black, yeah. I'm racist. Yeah, Hidden Figures. <laughs> it's directed by Theodore Melfi, who's a pretty good director. He does pretty yeah. standard movies. He did the movie Saint Vincent with uh, Bill Murray a couple of years ago, yeah. and uh, he does good stuff. Was that good? Uh, it was okay. It was okay. A lot of people dissed it because, again, it was, like, really, like, sappy and kind of... Yeah. remember speaking in the mic. What was, oh, like, sorry. the last thing Bill Murray yeah. was good in? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, I loved him in, you know, Moonrise Kingdom, but his part's small, like most Wes yeah. Anderson movies. Um, Let's see. What, I'm trying to even think. Yeah. There's Broken Flowers. There was, I love Broken Flowers. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, we're, we're going great, off on a tangent Great opening there. scene nudity, but <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm disgusting. No. All right. Um, so yeah, Hidden Figures is pretty good. Uh, I say go see it to a lot of people just because they'll enjoy themselves. They'll get their money's worth. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you guys, you guys want to talk about Arrival? Uh, yeah, okay, who saw Arrival? I saw Arrival. Okay, good. Okay, so let's talk about it because we yeah. barely talked about Arrival. Yeah. So... Uh, I thought Arrival was, it wasn't great, but it was good. You know, it was good. Yeah. That was about it. You know, good <laughs> bordering on great. Uh, I kind of liked how what we think are flashbacks in the film are not flashbacks, but really a look into the future. And right. Since it's based on a short story called Story of My Life, I think, or of Our okay. Lives, you know, it kind of gives away the ending. Yeah. Um... I thought it used time travel in kind of a different way that way. I mean, you can do anything with time travel. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of a cheat with storytelling, but it worked well. Uh, the cast was okay. They weren't great. Right. But, you know, they did the job. Outside uh, what, of Amy Adams. Yeah. Right? I, she, was, she wasn't great, but she was good. I mean, she's the whole thing. Yeah, the whole movie's focused on her. Yeah. And, you know, you think it's this movie about this grieving mother, and it turns out to be something else, and it kind of throws you in the middle of... A story, and it's not a movie about an alien invasion, yeah. or about good aliens or bad aliens, but really it's about how different species, just like us, have trouble getting along with one another. And as long as there's intelligent life out there, there's always going to be conflict. Right. And we can't really embrace our own lives that come to us at the time. Yeah. And that's kind of what that movie was trying to say, and I thought that was really unique. Mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily fan cinematography just because i was watching yeah. kevin lee's video today about how it looks flat and all that and yeah you know that's the problem with cinematography these days uh but dennis uh denis Villeneuve is a really uh interesting prospect he's definitely got a lot of big projects under his belt now with yeah blade burner 2049 which is probably like my favorite trailer yeah you know in it's a while cool. yep 
Uh, and he's doing Dune. We'll see how that turns out. Obviously, it's not Jodorowsky's Dune. Right. They're, but they're, Yeah, they're giving him the keys to the car of a lot of, you know, big blockbusters. Yeah. Now. it's. I mean, I loved Prisoners. I thought that was really fucking good. I've consistently yeah. loved everything he's done. Yeah. Same here. Uh, like, Prisoners loved it. Um, Sicario was pretty amazing. It was in my top ten last year. Um, yeah. And then uh, I recently saw Enemy. And, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, like that's... that one was a little bit more like artsy. Yeah, like okay, yeah. everything was very vague and, but the cinematography was good, and I love Jake. Him and Jake Gyllenhaal should just do it every movie together from now on. <laughs> yeah, I think like too as a director, he's kind of like living living up to like all the hype that comes with you know with making movies like this, but also to he he seems to be making movies on his own terms. I mean, yeah. Prisoners and Sicario are both sort of like big budget you know action films you know action dramas and i actually you know you mentioned enemy i actually view arrival in the same sort of boat as enemy because really? yeah just because it's like I, yeah. I i think arrival is just a very cerebral film like i found myself like you know kind of leaning into the <laughs> looking at the screen and trying to think and and wonder what is going on yeah. consistently throughout it so i thought like by the time it really? got to that end i was like oh, wow, like, didn't see it going that way. But at the same time, I think it kind of... I, that's why I think it's a movie that I need to see a second time because I think it'll be a different uh, viewing experience. It's very hard for me to watch his movies yeah. twice in a row because one thing that I've personally noticed about all of his movies is ex it, the theme, the underlying theme of everything is, like, extreme stress. Yeah, yeah. At, um, like, Enemy, that was stressful. Prisoners, stressful. Sicario, stressful. This one just... I love the slow sci-fi, but my least favorite thing is it's sort of like when you watch a movie like Precious and you're like, I know I'm about to cry. Yeah. And yeah. stuff. Like, I know I'm about to get stressed out at some, like, oh, we gotta gun them down. And uh, Amy Adams is like, no, like, we can talk to them. We just need five more minutes. And they're like, no, we're busting Yeah, there's now. definitely a ticking Like, I predicted aspects. the movie a little bit before I went in. But yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be a 10 out of 10 because I love this, like, um, genre or... This sort of sci-fi where it's like uh, close encounters. Yep. It's very slow. There's no there's no real violence to it. Right. Yeah. And it's all sort of just like meeting the aliens and communicating. Right. And I thought I was gonna see like a ten out of ten. It was more of like a nine out of ten, I guess. Yeah. Um, just my expectations were too high. I thought a lot of the cinema. I liked the cinematography. It has one of my favorite shots of the year. Is when um. I thought it was really cool for her to just be watching the TV and you're not really seeing the news. You're just seeing her reaction, every one of her students reacting right. to oh, seeing aliens. On the, yeah. Yes. It's my favorite works. shot of the film. That is, oh, yeah, because yeah. it's just a big projection of it and she's yeah. just sort of this little figure and she looks lost. Yes. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was a great shot. I, um, I do the, think the movie, like cinematography wise, it, it is flat, but it's all it all is done on purpose. Good shots, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Well, I just I'm think saying. like if you if you notice it, it you know they're looking at something that looks like a giant television screen when yeah. they're talking to the aliens. Yeah, and a lot they're always looking at you know the different foreign leaders on television screens. Yeah, there's a lot of news feeds throughout yeah, the whole film, which I thought was kind of a weakness. Yeah, it's like how many. It's an easy way to convey what's going on in the world right. in the film if you just cut to a news anchor saying what's happening. Like, I thought they were going to subvert it when they were just showing her face in the reflection in the beginning. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. We're not going to be switching between 12 different anchors being like, oh, Jesus is coming or yeah. something. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but I, I do think, like, there's symbolism in, like, his use of televisions. There's symbolism in, like, how we communicate and how, like, we speak to each other through things like Skype or you know, whatever, cell phones. It, it He seems to be having some sort of underlying message about communication throughout the entire film. Yeah. And, and it's obviously a point in each image that he's putting up there. Right, right. Yeah. Do you think it's uh, worthy of being nominated for Best Picture? Like, I don't know. It, fe it feels like, because they have like nine nominees now. It's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, th I felt like, I, I actually do think Arrival's more worthy than... The conventional films like Lion and Hidden Figures, yeah, and even Hacksaw that. Ridge. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Because like, I just think like Arrival's doing something very different. We don't see a lot of movies like that. Even if even if you weren't wowed by it, like you said, you didn't yeah. give it a nine out of ten. But like, even if you didn't give it a nine out of ten, you were leaving that theater saying like, 
this movie did something. It was different. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't yeah. just as I mean, it's yeah, we may ha- see a lot of alien <laughs> films stuff like that, but uh, it was a little bit like Close Encounters, where it's more yeah. about communication and understanding rather than explosions. Or right. Like after seeing Independence or, Day. Resurgence? Yeah. After seeing Independence (laughs) Day Resurgence, I wasn't thinking for a week, like, oh, man, how would I have handled it? I was thinking, like, oh, it sucks I fell asleep in the middle of that. (laughs) Right. How they just try to horseshoe in new characters Uh, that were remotely interested. Like, Independence Day was a relic of the 90s, where simplistic, funny, stupid characters sort of worked. And it was a movie that came in at the right place at the right... Well, not right, but, yeah. like, but at the right time. No, it was like you know? it was like post-Schwarzenegger and Stallone movies. Yeah. And, like, they sort of used that same formula. Mm-hmm. And... But yet, that's why it worked, because it, there was a broader cast. It didn't focus on one, you know, muscular Austrian... Uh, yeah. Fighting, yeah. Fighting bad guys. It was like Chris Hemsworth's brother yeah. trying to be... Funny and uh, it was yeah, just I mean, like every joke was so flat. And then they had Will Smith's son in the movie. Uh, is it bad that Will's, I forgot? Yeah, he that Hemsworth brother like existed Hem- in that movie. I I just now Chris remembered. Hemsworth? I'm like, yeah. or his brother. Yeah, what's his brother's name? Oh, uh, why am I forgetting? Liam. This? Liam. Liam. Yeah, okay. Liam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot he but was in that movie. <laughs> That's how little I liked. Uh, it was bad. I was falling uh, asleep, so actually. No, no, but what I was saying is, um, like, that movie didn't make me think for, like, a week straight, like, how would I have communicated with these yeah. aliens and everything? Yeah. And, right. No, linguistics is not something I thought would be, like, the most inter- one of the most interesting things I've seen a movie about all year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, cool. a, a comment I made uh, about the film after I saw it was, I think it's a movie that's, like... Um, Basically, if you watched it forward, you get that movie. But if you watch it backwards, you get the same film. Yeah. I mean, really? it, it's like, I mean, I feel like the movie is just like, because you see all those symbols of circles and things like that. I feel like the movie is like one complete, complete loop. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you talked about that with like time travel and things like that. Yeah. Like, I think like this movie just is one big circle. It was a little bit like Memento without yeah. memory loss. Correct, or correct. Okay. You could watch yeah. it backwards, but yeah. with it, but you know, it's the same story that you'd get. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a very unique narrative way mm-hmm. of doing it. Yeah, yeah. I and did. I didn't find the time. One, it's time travel, so already you're running the risk of like people blowing this movie off halfway through. Right. Second mm-hmm. of all, you do a twist with time travel right that takes some balls especially with a movie that's holding itself to this standard and yeah. everything yeah without, so i though yeah with still being unconventional with time travel and all that you know? they yeah. found like a new unique way and they just went all out with it and yeah. they didn't hold back and i really like there, there's some film critics i respect that, them for that yeah there's some film critics that actually didn't like arrival and i think if there's only one complaint it's the pacing and i think the pacing for a lot of people threw a lot of them off and they there were moments where they were like yeah it's kind of bored but again where, where she just constantly like each scene is her walking over <gasps> the little whiteboard right yeah right so yeah. I mean yeah but uh or when those soldiers attacked in the end I didn't really know what was going on until after the movie I was like what happened there and then oh, they right. had to stop the Chinese or, <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah so what do you what? want to talk about next uh, Arrival hates Chinese people you think it does? No. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, talked about Arrival. Uh, I think we talked about Lion. Who gives a shit? Lion sucks. Don't see it. Um, <laughs> don't see As far as to not see it? <laughs> I don't know. See it if you want to. Yeah. I'm not going to tell anyone not to see a movie. If you have the time. Unless it's like Hillary's America. Don't see that. I gave it two and a half stars. I mean, there's your answer. I mean, it's it's a movie that if you saw it, you might enjoy it. For some friends of mine who I talked to, they loved it. I've got a good friend of mine uh, who said she cried, bawled throughout it. But, I mean, and it does touch those, pull on those heartstrings. But it's, you know, it's just got a bad second half. I don't think even for a second after seeing that trailer, I was like, Oh, there's a chance I'm gonna see this. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was it. I just saw a trailer. I'm like, oh, generic formulaic film that <laughs> makes you inspired. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. It's like Life of Pi with all the interesting yeah. stuff in Life of Pi taken out. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say, like, I don't hate movies that are formulaic or crowd pleasers. Yeah. I think I'm just getting tired of seeing them in the Oscars. Yes. You know, it's like how many times can we see the same bullshit fucking story again and again? 
And yeah, La La Land is not formulaic. Right. Okay? Just, right. It's not. No. Not I know. Close. I hate musicals, and I loved it. Uh, so let's talk about Hackshaw Ridge. <laughs> what a great inadvertent comedy that is. <laughs> okay. So did you see it? No, okay. but what I want to know is, is it real? Because I've heard, because... based off yeah, of a true a real story. Guy. No, no, not like that. Like, Because oh. I saw the trailer, and the first, like, half of the trailer is him, like, I'm not going to pick up a gun. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a movie that people laugh at. Yeah. And then I it's like do. Mel Gibson's directing it. And then uh, Andrew Garfield is the lead in this war movie. Well, and, I, and then he's like, I am not picking up a, a gun or something in the trailer. And I'm like, oh, they're like, I'm no one's ever going to hear this movie again. And now it's like nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> well, first of all, I, I won't defend it being nominated for Best Picture. I don't mm. think it should have been nominated for Best Picture. So I'll give you a little bit of an idea of me heading into the theater for this movie. Now, it's directed by Mel Gibson, right? So my first initial thought is this is going to be a Christian-based film. It was. And it is. <laughs> and it is. And and my mindset typically is these movies are usually you know pushing ag- their agendas and pushing the things that they want to say about God and religion yeah. and things like that. And it does do all that. It does yeah. do all of that stuff. But it is... And it is laughable at times, but it's also it also tends to work. He does have at least good crafting skills, and I think that's the only reason why he got nominated for best director. Right? Uh, you know, it's not. It's I give it. It's a three star movie at best, and it's not. It, it's sort of contradictory of itself. Yeah. You, you go ahead and talk. Oh about yeah, it. you yeah. want to talk me to talk about how yeah. it's contradictory? Can okay, I, we talked yeah, about. Can this. I make a guess? Good. Can I assume that Andrew Garfield has several long monologues? Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. boy, yeah. that yeah. sounds. Yeah. <laughs> it's a movie that deserves to be in the 90s. Yeah. You know, it, it has yeah. that sort of old Hollywoody cookie cutter characters. You have the dad who's the alcoholic. Yep. Who, Which I actually. In Vietnam with him? Yeah, right. Nah. Well, it's, yeah, it's Hugo oh, Weaving nah. who plays the dad. And I actually yeah. think Hugo Weaving's one of the better parts of the he film. He was one of the better yeah. actors. Yeah. I mean, he, he has that kind of moment where, you know, the alcoholic dad, he's stumbling into the room when he's in court and he does something good and it changes the course of the story. Right. He's like, oh, he's actually. Actually, he's still a good person moment. Right. You know, felt sort of ham-fisted. Right. The love story was like, what kind of woman falls for the lines that Andrew Garfield gives <laughs> to this chick constantly? Like, oh my god! Thing I've I thought this seen. was just a Vietnam movie. There's no. a love story. No, it's it's yeah. World War Two, and it's uh, you know, oh, it's, it's based they're it's in o- <laughs> Okinawa, Japan, and they're fighting on this basically this enormous field called Hacksaw Ridge. It's basically like up a cliff that they have to climb up and then they fight on it so it's like so it's pretty intense i mean obviously you know we talk about the contradictory of it so i mean it's it's this movie about this guy who basically says i won't pick up a gun Mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to kill which for me i was like well this is actually speaking a better christian message because yeah at least at at least least is saying something good and it's not based on violence yeah like he like he like proves that he believes in his religion and he yeah, until the second half, mm. he he believes in his religion and he basically proves it that he's like, I'm not gonna pick up a gun and kill people because I believe in religion, I believe in God and Jesus and I'm a Christian and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But like, and usually movies like that aren't, you know, they're kind of they're bullshit. kind of like they're yeah, kind of most bullshit. of those like like religion movies are like fear based, yeah, like nightmare fuel. Ex- exactly. And, and this, he was actually <laughs> practicing what yeah. he preached. Yeah. Um, <laughs> popping peas um but uh he but then it gets to this war part where it's like the bloodiest most disgusting and the camera just focuses in so much on the violence yeah it's ridiculous it's it's literal i thought of tropic thunder more than i thought about (laughs) saving private ryan yeah when i saw the war scenes like literally they cut like Zack Snyder style slow motion into a guy's face as it gets blown up and it pans down a guy's guts yeah. and you could just see Mel Gibson walk around with his face painting like blah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's just like, like, like his fucking obsession with violence and it, it, it's so contradictory because the violence is so laughably bad did it yeah. seem like he missed directing Apocalypto <sighs> what <laughs> did it seem like he missed directing Apocalypto? Did he miss well, directing? I, I mean, uh, no, I, I, did he miss like the violence and the? Uh, he brings it back. Yeah, he yeah. brings it back. I mean, like, well, and in Apocalypto's actually like got this like more natural sort of like 
message, and it's like a really courageous movie because he's got no known actors. Yeah. In this one, he just kind of like is like more blood, more blood, and it's just. I mean, there's a scene where a guy picks up a dead body and like uses it as a shield. Yeah. And is that like the? Gut, and his guts are like hanging out of his dead body, and it's just like. It's just like what the fuck. The is gore this? looks like, like something from a Sam Raimi film from the nineties. Yeah, it, it didn't look like, uh, like <laughs> like Private Ryan when there was violence, there was an emotional connection. Yeah, and there were men who actually served in the war who like would walk out of the theater in the middle of the film not because it was bad, but because it was so fucking real. They were crying. Yeah, like if Bruce Campbell was in this yeah. movie, it would have made sense. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just it's just like the the the, the red. That the use of the blood is so fucking bright red, right. and the camera just zooms in so much on just people being blown apart that you could just tell it was someone who. Uh, Mel Gibson should just make a B grade horror film, right? But then again, he's doing Suicide Squad, possibly. Yeah. So I think that might. Mel work. Gibson. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, that was, I, that's up his alley because that loves violence and fun and stupidity, and he's great at that. Right. I mean, look at Braveheart. That was a completely inaccurate film, but it worked for the 90s because it was sort of this fictional account about William Wallace being this great warlord right. who was a good man, and there's these sappy parts after his wife gets killed. He wants to kill everyone else, and right. we're rooting for him, and they're mooning the bad guys, and that's this sort of uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like what? Is that sort of like tugging at the heartstrings film that worked for its time? And he's making that today yeah. with Hackshaw Ridge. Like even the opening half, it was so much of yeah, it's pretty Andrew sad, Garfield. Yeah. Like I'm gonna make a speech, like you said, and I'm not gonna pick up a gun. And and, and he was such a fucking perfect character. Yeah. He had like no flaws whatsoever, which really annoyed me. It yeah. sounds like they wanted to do for he wanted to do Forrest Gump, but he's like, uh, wait, I just can't like remake Forrest Gump. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. Uh, and a good. Example example too is i mean he even has like the closing like little caveat of like showing the real person yeah get interviewed in the end and and like when you see the real person interviewed in the end you're like well i mean the the comparison that andrew garfield gave to this guy is pretty spot on oh, okay so mm -hmm. like that i mean that's why garfield's performance is pretty good there is like the worst casting choice that his casting director or, or Gibson made, in my opinion, is Vince Vaughn. Fuck like, Vince Vaughn. Vince like, Vaughn. Yeah, like seriously, like, like I wrote about it in my article in my review <laughs> where I was just like, Vince Vaughn is in actor purgatory. Like you can't cast Vince Vaughn anymore without being like, that's Vince Vaughn. Yeah, he, he will never sink into the roles that he's supposed to be portraying. When they put him in True Detective, I'm just like, yeah, I like, am not watching he, True Detective. Yeah, like, I mean, it's just like, this is a guy who basically has been cursed because he's always the speed-talking speed, speed talking guy from Wedding Crashers and... See, Mel Gibson. And, and Swinger. Swingers, he always yeah. seems to have one crazy thing in yeah. everything he does. Yeah. Like, Apocalypto, there was nothing through the movie, but if you watch the trailer, right. it's showing, like, shots from the movie, and you're like, oh, this looks good. And then in the middle of it is just a shot of him, like, hanging out with the cast with, like, a cigar, and I'm like, oh, there's the crazy Mel Gibson. Right, right, yeah, and I, there he and is. it sounds like his craziness, and this one is, like, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it just, I, you know, I couldn't buy into that. I mean, I've seen some fellow uh, Twitter followers make comments like, oh, Vince Vaughn, he's really good in Hacksaw Ridge. I'm like, what are no, you even, <laughs> like, what are you even talking about? He can't, you can't trust Vince Vaughn in a movie nowadays. He's yeah, just, remember Psycho? Yeah, <laughs> right. When they cast him as uh, Norman Bates yeah. in Gus Van Sant's remake. Oh, God. I mean, I might have a personal thing because Vince Vaughn went to my high school. Okay. And, like, they would never shut the fuck up about Vince Vaughn there. It's like, Vince Vaughn went to the school. Like, what do I care? You <laughs> that know? sounds like the worst high school. <laughs> yeah. And, well, it was, like, forced. A bunch of rich Republican this prom assholes. theme, Vince Vaughn, five. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like, spoke, like, in my senior year. Really? Like, for, like, all the people who've, like, done amazing things. And there were, like, people who actually did these pretty cool things. Yeah. Or, like, started these businesses. And Vince Vaughn was just some actor who was, like, rich and got lucky. Yeah. And... I I mean, I know a little bit about his politics from some personal uh, connections of mine. You yeah, know, yeah. Vince Vaughn class. Oh yeah, I mean uh, <laughs> Vaughn one hundred and one. It's I mean he's from like Forest, which is like uh, rich conservative asshole heaven. Right. And uh, that's why Mel Gibson, I think, cast him is because they agree. Like if you see him what? and Mel Gibson's reaction during Meryl Streep's yeah. like speech during right. the Golden Globes, like. 
you could tell like I don't know. Uh, Mel Gibson looks like he lost his car keys. Right. He's just like, oh. And we all know Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson's love for MMA. Yeah. Right. And and Vince Vaughn is just staring like he just looks pissed. Yeah. I think he looked more angry at the Golden Globes than he did trying to be t- pretend being angry in Hackshaw Ridge. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, in and going back to like his entire cast, it does it didn't really make sense that Vince Vaughn was in that movie because yeah. Gibson seemed to like have a cool thing and cast a lot of Australian actors go back to his roots he's got like Sam Worthington and Rachel Griffiths and then Sam he, Worthington he, can never pull yeah, off an American yeah. accent and Ernie he pronounces day be like day yeah or like something <laughs> like that you're just like the fuck man right and like Hugo Weaving so he like he's and um the the female the lead actress is also Australian so uh, like okay. he's sort of getting back to his Mad Max roots of like casting yeah. Australian actors but like but then there's Vince Vaughn, and it's just it really it, it takes you out of the movie is what it does. Right. But it does have the funniest inadvertent funny scene I've seen, like even funnier than the Martha scene from Batman versus Superman. Funnier which, than Come in the Sand and Moonlight. I didn't. <laughs> why are you so obsessed with because it took in me the out sand? of like <laughs> what, the what Moonlight scene the... from Moonlight? It took me out of it. I did. I, why were you were you like ooh I, I, no i was like you? this is a powerful scene like i like i could feel my heart and then it's like for five seconds it's him like wiping jizz in the <laughs> sand geez, and i'm like god like, damn obsessed it with that cum shot <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> i get your point yeah if i was paying attention to it that closely uh but what i was gonna say is I forgot the the <laughs> grenade scene. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, it had the funniest, most. It, it's funnier than the whole Martha scene from Batman versus Superman, which is. I'm not saying this couldn't happen in a war zone, but the way it was done was hilarious. Yeah, like there's a bunch. They go back up the uh, ridge after Andrew Garfield saves a bunch of dudes. So like a really cheesy right. montage with this really bad hokey music, <laughs> and uh, the the, the the Japanese soldier like pops the pin of a grenade, throws it at the American soldiers, and then with this ridiculous tension music, kind of like the tension music you hear in an episode of South Park, you see the grenade coming towards him. Andrew Garfield slaps it out of the air, and then he fucking field goal kicks another grenade, <laughs> and it blows up in midair. You see him flying and he, in slow motion. He does like a triple sow cow, like in. Yeah. <laughs> Is it in slow mo? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh it's in slow mo with music that's like. Sounds like Rogue One. Yeah. You notice how like ten people died from just rogue grenades? <laughs> <laughs> right. Nice pun. <laughs> yes, good pun. But yeah, I, yeah, it's pretty laughable. I mean, he and he does like, I mean, all the battle scenes too. Like, <laughs> he's making a movie about like, you know, and Mike has talked about this how like most uh, war films are political films and films that say something about war. But like, not anymore. Not. I mean, for mm-hmm. him, for him, this movie is like, I mean, he's kind of saying war is good and the bad guys are all fucking like animals we need to kill but, them but he did heal that one japanese soldier right. so he's off the hook uh, right no you know what was shocking is that clint eastwood directed letters from iwo jima yeah you would never yeah think you know clint i've actually eastwood never seen that one that. yeah yeah it's like it, it's it's amazing because it's such a delicate film that really sees the other side yeah and then Mel Gibson speaks to a chair at the Republican National Convention and then makes American Sniper, which displays all Arabs as <laughs> terrorists, even the little kids. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's really surprising. Clearly, Hollywood's made up its mind and forgiven Mel Gibson. He's nominated for Best Director and it's nominated for Best Picture. Again, it, it does some good things, but, like, it's not... It was, I don't even think it was in my top uh, 30s of the year, so it's... It's just not that uh, it's not best picture worthy. Okay. Yeah. I I figured as much when I Hacksaw Ridge is such a forgettable name. Like it's just a very <laughs> bland thing. Yeah. And then I kept seeing it everywhere, and I kept hearing it a lot, and I'm like, oh, wh- like uh, which one is that? Like what trailer is that? And they're like, oh, that's the one where Andrew Garfield tries not to shoot anybody in a war movie, and I'm like, that's nominated for best. That's the whole plot. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. Pretty much. It's like I always like to do like I want to do like a fun little game. I did it with one of my friends once because he'll just fucking just shit all over movies without seeing them, and <laughs> I'll just uh, like I always like to play a trailer to a film and then ha- see if someone can guess the entire plot of the film just based on the trailer. <laughs> the trailer. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good game. Yeah. That's that's hard probably easy to do nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Trailers <laughs> give away way too much. Yeah. Yeah. I I tend to stay away from them. I actually like will watch maybe the first one that yeah. they they put out and watch it that one time and then that's it. I pretty much never go back. I actually learned my lesson from uh Iron Man 3. I thought Iron Man three was gonna be like they, gave away they the went Mandarin? too far and they well, ruined even, Iron it, Man it, three. It's, for it's me. not even just that. I like. It, I think it's just hype build. It's just yeah. hype build. It's like you start to watch Iron Man three, and I was like, oh, I think Iron Man three is gonna be fucking awesome. It looks great. It looks great, and I was like totally bummed out by it. Yeah. I really did not like that one. So. What are you guys looking forward to in the Oscars most? Like, is there like a moment you're like, I want to see that? Mine's political speeches. Come after me, conservatives. Come on. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Who is it? Jimmy Kimmel hosting? Yeah. I don't know. He's hosting? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck you, Jimmy Kimmel. Chris Rock is, like, He's... in my top two comedians of, like, I all time. So I don't... So I just... Do... You're putting Jimmy Kimmel on there. I'm a little less excited. There's not that much controversy this year. Right. Um, I'm not passionate about they have Stephen many Hope of the Bear movies. hosting the Oscars. That would be good. Oh my god, that would be good. That would be really Jimmy good. Jimmy Kimmel, whenever he gets I always up, wish Conan O'Brien would do it. Yeah, him too. He'd be I, great. I, always think I like Jimmy Kimmel. It's just like compared to Chris Rock, he's not gonna go up there and like blow people away and like push boundaries yeah no well, like i mean for me it's like because i i usually sit on my couch and watch the whole thing and for me i'm just praying to god that the pace of the of the show is fast and just like get it over with that death montage is gonna take so oh, long like, oh my god i'm not ready for the memification of whatever they're gonna do this year oh, it's just like it's you know it, it feels like it goes on forever. It feels like the Oscars don't end till like one o'clock in the oh, morning. Oh, you know what I am just... excited for? <laughs> um, maybe you guys could turn this into a drinking game. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Anytime someone brings up politics, yes, that's gonna be brought. That's up. what I'm looking forward to. Jacob Tremblay is gonna get up there and he's gonna be like, "Listen, people, <laughs> yeah, like gay rights and stuff." <laughs> Which guy? Uh, Jacob Tremblay, like the, the room. Kid. The little kid. Like, even room. he's going to get involved. Oh, in my it. God. That'd Every be speech is going to have Donald something Trump political. Is a <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I look forward to those moments, of course, but yeah. I mean, for me, it's just like the winners. It's usually like the speeches of who wins, things like that. I, I am looking forward to Marhashal Ali. If he wins, that'd be great yeah. for Moonlight. And, you know, if... Um, Not if, that we're it, making any of their money, but... <laughs> no, no. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, or even if Denzel Washington wins again, which would be pretty amazing, because that, you know, between him and... Uh, yeah, who, who him, him and Affleck, it's pretty competitive. Right oh yeah, now. Casey Affleck might win. Yeah, it yeah. might be... It, well, what happened with him? I heard there was a controversy where he was like... Uh, he was basically a giant pervert to like two girls who were working on his on his films. Yeah, yeah, like he tried to sleep in a bed with them. Okay. Like he didn't he didn't do anything like Woody Allen level where he raped anyone. So right, that's good. Uh, yeah, but he, he was or, or the, just or a giant like, perv. I was married yeah. as a kid. But honestly, like his performance is the best performance of the year, in my opinion. Oh fuck, we didn't talk about Manchester by the Sea. Yes, let's talk about it. How did we have that movie's fucking great? My film of the year. <laughs> it's what yeah. I'm rooting for. So um, let's talk about it. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Didn't you love that Dunkin' Donuts sketch? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, uh, Manchester by the Sea, like, well, we were talking about Jackie. That was a great movie about grief. Yeah. But this one was even where Jackie was sort of a meditation on grief and sort of a surrealistic portrayal of it. Yeah. Uh, Manchester by the Sea is like a totally 100% realistic portrayal of grief where it's just so uncomfortable to watch yeah see and it just fucking ends you're like oh man i feel like horrible yeah but after that movie ends when you go around your regular life and you look around you you're like fuck man that movie nailed so much (laughs) like everything is just pinpoint accurate like nobody changes and it gives you so many of those moments you're like oh this is the moment that casey affleck's going to wake up and he's going to realize that he has to change his ways no just keeps tossing curveballs at you and it's great that it does that yeah because if what happened to you happened to him in the film you really would go like would i would i be an alcoholic mess too would i be i love my favorite thing that this movie does and it's with most of my favorite movies like pulp fiction or the thing it's when 
there's something you want so bad. You want to see what's in the suitcase. You want them to finally stop the thing. Right. You want him to, like, take in his nephew. And they don't give you... They don't even let you think he's going to do that right. for right. a good majority of the movie. Yeah. And um, like you were saying with Jackie, I don't know. Maybe I just couldn't relate to Jackie. I just wasn't digging, like, what I was seeing. But oh, as a white guy a... from Boston, I related to this. Oh, you're from Boston? <laughs> I, until I was five. This is, like... Yeah half a joke but um i was gonna say bro what'd you think about those wicked awesome accents yeah what about those fucking boston those guys? fucking manchester by the sea accents. at least at least manchester by the sea didn't come off as boston movie you know it didn't. it's not like the departed yeah it's not like gone baby gone uh it's not you know or the fighter yeah the fighter the fucking you want to fight hey you want to grab a drink afterwards i want to fuck you in the pussy <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Another thing that I... The reason I think this is my movie of the year, I had no idea what this movie was going in to see it. Yeah. I just saw the title yeah. Manchester by the Sea. I'm like, that sounds like it's not going to be bad. Yeah. Just like the name itself sounds a little pretentious. So right. I'm like, it'll be a good performance regardless. Right. And I came out of it my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it, it, it is... A, obviously, it's a very depressing film. It's obviously a very sad film, too. I think people missed the, like, bits of humor that, like, were there in the beginning of the it movie. It was such a good, super dark comedy. Yes. Like, yeah, I, was comedy. Very, <laughs> I was very... I was very... Not laughing, but I was charmed the whole movie. Yes. Well, the way the real the, the the relation between him and his nephew is yeah. very real. Like, if you were there, how the fuck would you handle it? <laughs> right. Like, when his nephew's crying and he's having that meltdown in front of the refrigerator, he's it's one of the KCF best likes just scenes going, of the year. You need a few minutes. Don't be fucking <laughs> sabbing all over here or something. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, take care. Like, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd just be standing there awkwardly, going, "You're right." Yeah. Okay, what do you want? <laughs> it captures all those nuances well, and like, so well. And the, and the sequence, I mean, like, we have to talk about, the, like, the big reveal, which, you know, it won't spoil for anybody, obviously, if they're listening. But, like, the what... The what, fireplace? Yeah, like, yeah. when they sort of reveal that. I mean, yeah. the like, the way that onion sort of unfolds. It's See, just I didn't like, even know that he I mean, killed that, his kids. It's so well, well done. Well, there goes that spoiler. It's so oh. well done. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's so well done. You're just like... You're just like, come on, keep like, keep telling me like, what is gonna happen? Why is he this uh, this depressed? Why is yeah. he the way is he, he is? Is he gonna snap out of it? This is always gonna snap out of it, right? No, nope. Yep, that's yeah. just. And what I happened. thought I was gonna have another come in the sand moment in this movie <laughs> when I when they introduce Matthew Broderick and I'm like, oh no! Wait, oh, yeah, he, but yeah. he was so good at the role God, he was playing. Yeah, yeah, he must have been good because I don't even remember he was in it. Yeah, like yeah. he. That's actually. He's, he's, he's I feel like mother's... people know that type of person and he played it really well he did his you part know, he didn't make a huge deal out of it yeah, yeah actually you know like not to go into too much personal detail but like i very much related to that moment because like i don't have as great of relationships with some with my parents in some ways and like when he was like having just this very uncomfortable moment with yeah. his mom who's like never been in his life mm-hmm. i mean that's it that part was just spot on and there, yeah. there's no like other way to portray that than just like it's uncomfortable because they don't know each other and they've never known each other. Manchester by the <laughs> Sea is probably the most hashtag relatable movie of the year. Just because, like, yeah. Yeah. they they don't use... Hashtag relatable. Um, <laughs> because I feel like most scenes, like, even when you don't get what's going on with him trying to, like, put the chicken in the freezer and stuff, right? you know what's going through his head, and that mm-hmm. makes it, like, ten times stronger, sort of like the... Uh, diner scene at the end of yeah. Moonlight where You're these right about that. characters yeah. are already so set up they don't need to waste time with like pointless dialogue that you already know they're both thinking right what did, what did you guys yeah. think about the Kenneth Lonergan sort of in- injecting himself a la um, Alfred Hitchcock in that one scene did you, when what, he's what like scene? where he's like hey nice parenting he's just like nice parenting he's like hey go fuck yourself oh, that, that, that's that the director the, that yeah that's him? Kenneth oh Lonergan. yeah I thought that guy was gonna come back and <laughs> yeah. he's gonna be like you're alright Casey Affleck I think that's like such a cool little like signature of like yeah. your own film just a cameo yeah it's that great exists. I know it's like, it, I know and it's like this yeah. short moment where he's just like nice parenting he's like go fuck yourself yeah. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous maybe I don't like Manchester <laughs> <laughs> I, like, all these movies make Boston look terrible. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll, I'll, Manchester by the Sea is sort of like a writer's film. 
like yeah, spot yeah. like spotlight was. Yeah, but a, a lot not, of people are saying it's gonna win best original screenplay. A lot of I hope it does. Yeah, yeah. God damn, it better fucking win best original screenplay, or I'm gonna fucking I'll blow a fucking gasket. Yeah, I'll fucking kill whoever did a fucking write that thing. I can't pronounce the on fuck. I'll wow, join the departed. That's on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. So stupid. Right now, like, God, I I would always annoy Nick Allen with that shit. Be like. <laughs> yeah. What have I gotten myself? He's like, I'm not even from Boston. They're like, ah, yeah, fucking say it. Go ahead. Keep saying that, you fucking queer. <laughs> he shows the pictures of his kids. How do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, I mean. Manchester by Sea was in my honorable mentions, actually. It, oh, it just okay. was outside of my yeah. top ten, but it was just it was a very good, very good film. Yeah, and yeah. I love the silence in it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's not well, heavy on music or anything. And that way in that movie the flat cinematography works. Where Spotlight it kinda works, but you want it a little more. Right. So I thought Spotlight was just kind of oh no, I I said that naturally. I didn't even you did. do that. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's why Spotlight <laughs> was just kind of forgettable. Right. You know, in a way. Yeah, but it's too many I, it was good, but it wasn't best picture. Well, I but think... Manchester, it was flat and it works because it was flat because you feel that void of emptiness inside of you. Right. And and by the way, don't judge the movie based on its trailer because I saw the trailer and it came off oh, like a yeah. pick me up. Worst love trailer story. of the year. Yeah, it tells you nothing. Horrible. Tells you nothing. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, it does. It makes it look like a happy love story, and that's not what it is at all. A, a movie that I actually Michelle Williams is barely in it too. Yeah, she is barely, in it. and she's good for the moment that well, she's, she's in great. it, but she yeah. is barely in it. That trailer makes it look like that Chris Evans movie with that really smart girl. <laughs> Oh, yes, like I've seen that. Like, no one trip. wants this kid. Yeah, right, It right. makes it look like it's going to be inspirational, like Lion or fucking Hidden Figures. Right. But it's not. I yeah. mean, it's, yeah, it's none of those things. I mean, a, a movie that I compared it to, um, and I don't know if you, you two share this same view of it, but um, a movie I compared it to in a lot of ways was On the Waterfront. Just yeah. because, like, yeah. I, obviously water, but still. Um, <laughs> but, uh, See, but water. It's, but that's another, that's another movie with, like, a guy with Marlon Brando with, it's another movie where, like, Brando's character is a very flawed person. He's never going to be anything other than flawed. And, and you know, his life has sort of been altered and changed by things. And I think, I feel like that very much relates to Manchester by the Sea because of Casey Affleck's character. He's this sort of central focal point of somebody mm. who made a mistake and he hasn't been able to, like, ever, he won't ever be able to change his life because of A little of bit it. of a whoopsie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> whoopsies! There goes my family! Uh, but, <laughs> no, it is similar to On the Waterfront where... It's a movie sort of about how uh, men can't get over their own emotions right. due to their own masculinity in a way. And yeah. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, cum stained moonlight. I'm talking about... Uh, <laughs> See, I I didn't think masculinity was the main focus point like it was in but moonlight. But it was just like guys like, I can't express my fucking emotions to you. Right. You know, I can't get over this. Like when his wife's trying to come out to him and say, I'm sorry, you know, he's just trying to close it off. Right. Because you know? right. that's what guys do. Yeah. Yeah, See, I the way I saw it is like um he doesn't want accept he doesn't want people to accept him and yeah like right he doesn't feel like he earned forgiveness or yeah. should, should be he has forgiven. To always be punished yeah. yeah and they and you want him to for some reason it puts you in this messed up mentality where it's like Casey Affleck it's okay that you killed your kids it was a mistake <laughs> well, okay, right. please but, forgive yeah. yourself and right. they never give that to you and right. I love that yeah yeah, well, yeah. it was, a, it was a, people made horrible I mean. The realest scene is like when he's in the police station and they say, look, it was an inadvertent accident. You can't do anything about it. And then he goes outside and he pulls the gun and tries to shoot himself in the head. Right. You know, which is why I was doing this earlier. But uh, right. Like that, that was like, I fucking don't know if I would have done the same thing. No, I mean, know? like there's, you know, there could be full essays and full pieces written about that whole moment because it's yeah. like a question of like whether, they, you know, you wish he would have even been able to do it because, yeah. because like, Cause you're like who wants you know, to live with that pain. Yeah. It's you know? like you're, it's that one of those moments where you're like, you know, I kind of wish the trigger went off. <laughs> because it would have ended his pain. Right. Yeah. And I know I keep bringing it up, but I love my favorite movies of the year. They, they're movies that let you fill in the blank. Yeah. Like when his ex-wife is like, I'm sorry for all those things I said. They didn't, like, you didn't even know that uh, about, like, the ki- him killing his kids until, like, the last quarter of the movie. Inadvertently. Right. We and might so as well you just away. picture like the, the fire going yeah. while he was drunk yeah. in the fireplace, left a piece of wood out. And then, like, there's just so many things where they let you fill in the blanks. They don't give you the exact 
like what you want to see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It it's yeah. hard to describe just how how well they did it because you can really mess up a movie by leaving too much sort of vague and up yeah. to like the viewer. But in this, you just know what everybody's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Even with like complicated emotions, like killing your kids and forgiving the man who killed your kids and your dad dying and stuff. Right. I don't. It. It was just a very powerful movie, and it let you sort of like take over yeah. in the character's mind, I guess, and that's why it's my film of the year. Yeah, yeah. that's I awesome. I think Casey Affleck's uh, reactions in general and his pain fills in the gaps for us, where it's like we know some shit went down after yeah. that. We don't need to be bothered with the past of it because we just know it's it's there. Yeah, you're convincing me to make it my movie of the year. It, yeah, it's, it's that good. It is that good. It is that good. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm, I'm. I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. But then it was like, it's a movie that grows on you over time. It really does. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those movies where um, they use silence correctly. Right. Um, there's a lot of. I think I already said this, but like, you. It le- It's making you think. Like it. It's making you think. It's not gonna play any music for like this next twenty seconds mm-hmm. while Casey Affleck's like looking at this thing, right. and you have to think along with him. So you really put mm-hmm. yourself into him. And then when you like, when I left the movie theater, it was just quiet, and like I could hear everything around me because I was still sort of in the movie. Because yeah. they they did a really good job with like choosing when to play a score and stuff. And yeah, just another great part of that movie for me. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> definitely. Awesome. Uh, Oof, God, don't see that movie if you're depressed. Yeah. Or actually do see it if you're depressed. I was having, like, a sort of bad day when I went to go see yeah, it. Yeah, me too. And then I just left, and I'm like... Oh. And, like, people said it was going to be depressing, and I'm like, all right, don't disappoint me. Yeah, it was sort of... depressing. It was sort of my white whale of a film all year. Like, it, it continued yeah. to be this movie that I just never saw, never saw, never saw, and then, like, I just ran out and went and yeah. saw it on my own, actually. Yeah. So it was just like... Yeah, because I wasn't I wasn't that thrilled about seeing because I saw the trailer and then you're like, no, this movie's ultra depressing. I'm like, oh, now I want to see it. <laughs> see, I um, it, that's sort of like Manchester by the Sea. When I left it, I'm like, well, that didn't help me at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's sort of like Room, where it's like I saw Room with my mom on like Mother's Day, <laughs> and I was already sort of like, oh man, it's the end of the day. Like, do right. I really want to watch this? Ugly cried the whole time. Um. But I was still like, wow, that's like my number two of the year. I had a huge problem with Room, which was the narration was so unnecessary. It took me out of the film so many narration? times. Narration? Yeah, the little kid narrates in it. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, he does mother, I think yeah. I blocked He's like, that out. I'm 10 years old. This is my room. I'm like, we don't need cute kid narrating this. I actually thought, I actually, yeah. I, I don't agree entirely, but yeah. I'm like totally there with you about, yeah. I was kind of annoyed by Jacob Tremblay at times. Yeah, he was just cute confused kid yeah you know yeah i mean he didn't really he, add a lot of layers to that yeah he does do a good job he does yeah. do a good job but I, I just thought like that movie sort of um it really wants your tears it's yeah. like begging for your tears it but is. It, and, it, and it does get it it earns them in certain in certain points but if I, you want your mom to hug you are. on mother's day watch room with yeah. your mom it's very <laughs> yeah. emotional yeah yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. That, that would be the worst situation sense. ever for a mom to be fucking oh, yeah. living inside. The, and it is amazing how they they must have used a bigger set when you first saw the room. Yeah. Just from a technical standpoint of filming yep, it. Yep. You couldn't fit a camera and all that shit in there. But it's great when they show the room at the end of room and it's just this fucking little shack and you're like, that was it? Like yeah. I thought she was in a basement or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's pretty. That's a yeah. That's a pretty impressive film. Yeah, I like depressing Oscar movies. And I forget the <laughs> actress's name, but it, Brie Larson. It put her on my list for like, okay, I'm yeah. I'm watching everything she does. Well, she's got Kong Skull Island is her next film. Well, now she's <laughs> off my list. <laughs> <laughs> gotta I mean, make money somehow. You got me son. with room. Yeah. I don't know if I can watch Kong Island with my mom. And <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Experience. Well, you might be able to watch that with your dad or something. Yeah. Like, look at look at that fucking big ass monkey fight that fucking dinosaur. <laughs> 
So when, what else? What else is on our Kong list? When Kong goes quiet and they're taking him from the island, it makes you feel like you're Kong <laughs> leaving the island. <laughs> okay, yeah, Kong has a drinking problem. They were searching whole, for Kong, like, Kong, but what they were like, really searching for is love. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking of like a like if Kong was Manchester by the sea. <laughs> and like the whole reason he's the only monkey there is because he accidentally burnt down his village when he was getting drunk on something. <laughs> I think they're done trying to put like even the slightest amount of emotion into like monster movies now because they i feel like that was the part of godzilla that just they you thought that was going to be a whole thing with um what's his name brian cranston and aaron taylor and then they just cut it off and yeah it's like oh no please never try that again yeah trailers really misled who is that that's gareth edwards right that's the same director as uh yeah as rogue one Gareth Edwards is great at making like uninteresting characters. Yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't even like his characters to have like really any say in this like enormous yeah. world where monsters are attacking and and giant battles of you know yeah. AT-ATs are fighting with the Death Star being created. It's, he doesn't he doesn't care about like. I think he's building. really good at having a movie where it's like, oh, I didn't really enjoy that, but there are like four scenes in that movie that I have a child like, I need to see those really cool action shots yes. again and again. And he has that childlike mentality with it, but not like Zack Snyder level, thank God, where Zack Snyder is basically the equivalent of banging two action figures against each other. Yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> that was like the whole, the whole soundtrack to Man of Steel was men slapping each other in concrete and screaming. <laughs> yeah. Just, ah, 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 ah. See, but I like, like Watchmen because Watchmen is literally just one long, like, the scene from the end of Rogue One where they're chopping everything. And, like, I was a huge watch. I, well, we can get into Zack right, Snyder right, yeah, another but, time. Uh, right, like. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, Gareth Edwards, here's the thing. I actually changed my mind on Rogue One. Why? Why? Because From what to what? I don't give a shit about the main characters. Yeah. They die. All, they all die in the end. Yeah, because they're expendable. Right. Like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what's so interesting uh, of Felicity Jones' character outside of the fact that she was, like, inside that little tunnel and then right. that, you know her dad right. got captured and then instead of like having her having like this long relationship with her dad which could have really expanded and made the story more interesting he just dies off right away well, but it does like, it does make an interesting argument about like narrative of film in general yeah. like where like most movies as film critics we expect our films to like oh i need character development and yeah. oh i need you to like build the things up but like that movie is just like no, these characters don't fucking matter at all. Like just watch the action happen, it unfold. You could have just seen the last thirty minutes then, and yeah, then just like skip the yeah, rest of the it's film. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I I was more of a fan of Rogue One. I I didn't I didn't love it, but I think like it's one of those movies that I would definitely like to put on and watch multiple times. It's great for fan service and cool scenes. Yeah, absolutely. But, like yeah. I give it like a five out of ten, but I've seen it. Four times, I think, Whoa. just for that end scene yeah. with Darth Vader. That yeah. is, oh my god, yeah, I still get chills. Is geeches is great. It I is. love that. Yeah. I, like that, that was the thing. I mean, even me, I'm like, oh my god, so cool, shut the lightsaber. <laughs> but it's like when you think of it as a film, they're like the thing is like, uh, uh, Force Awakens. They had characters that you really could get behind. You liked. <laughs> You know, like, although uh, Ray was a Mary Sue and she was all powerful, she was still someone with, like, a damaged background and a cast that you were interested in, and she was charismatic, and she gave a great performance. I thought, uh, you don't even know her past, and I care about Ray more than I do Jen Urser, who you watch yeah. or watch her mom die and her dad get kidnapped. Right. I cared more about the robot yeah. when he died than I cared about Jen when oh, she yeah. died. Yes. Yeah, so that, that there you go. Oh, and you know what George Lucas once said? I heard this on Doug Loves Movies. Don't choke in your ambitions. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, James Earl Jones sounded so old. Uh, but <laughs> I, I didn't know that was James Earl Jones going He's, into it. I was like, ooh, they should have gotten James Earl Jones for it. And my friend was, was like, James they did. And I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. John Favreau casted him in in the live action Lion King. So he's so James Earl Jones is gonna be Mufasa. Okay. Well, again, 
And it's like, why are they? If you like, is he gonna be in a lion suit? Like they've they've <laughs> casted like they've casted him, James Earl Jones as Mufasa. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they're like they're filming it. Yeah, James Earl Jones was looking old and coming to America. I think we need to juice him as much as we can. For sure, so for sure. Him. But what? And yeah, I mean, he still does work on Broadway, I believe. But like, so I guess Black does crack. But yeah, oh! but he but <laughs> Is he's that racist. Uh, yeah. I hope not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, What's Oscar's so crack. <laughs> but, like, crack these live-action films, like, if they're just going to cast the same cast that did the voices from the yeah. animated version of The Lion King, then, like, why don't people just buy the animated version of The Lion King <laughs> and put it in their DVD? So, yeah. is this Lion King remake going to be, like, a Jungle Book where Correct. it's realistic? Oh, and, okay. and it's directed by John Favreau, same director of The Jungle Book. So, okay. like, they were like, oh, you did a good job at this, now we'll give you the key. You know. Didn't see Jungle Book. It, it's, it's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. Next it's, is uh, Land Before Time. It's gonna win the yeah right. Uh, the, the Jungle <laughs> yeah, Book yeah. with the with the Oscars coming up this weekend. The Jungle Book is probably going to win Special Effects Oscar. It's probably a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, because it's just like that. Rogue One. Rogue One should win it. Yeah, well, and actually that that whole category is pretty uh, competitive with Rogue One and Doctor Strange. All all yeah. three of those oh. movies have very good special effects. See, I'm kind of biased towards Doctor Strange because I went and saw that in. I'm. I 3D? was like, I'm not going to. Enjoy this movie as much as I think I'm going to. Yeah. So I'm gonna go see this in IMAX 3D. Oh yeah, that's the way to see Holy it. Holy sober. Yeah. Oh my god, that it was like a trippy 70s music video. Every time they fought, I was like, wow. Th you know what? For a Marvel movie, movie, they actually yeah. ramped it up. Yeah. When I like left the theater, I was like, I was saying to my wife, I'm like, this looks like the type of movie that should be playing at midnight at the music box for like potheads and people yeah. who are high as a kite to go see. I, uh, like, and I, <laughs> I was like, you know what? The, the, all Marvel fights should be like this where he's like outsmarting them, doing all this like cool, like messing with the screen special effects. Yeah. It wasn't Iron Man throwing a car and then the person catching it and throwing it back right, and stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we gotta ramp this up. Okay. okay. Um, that sounds good. What movie do you guys want to see the Oscar? Who, who do you want to... What director and picture? Was Green Room nominated for anything? No. No, unfortunately. <sighs> unfortunately. God. But it is... But, uh, okay, so who do I want to see win Best Picture and Best Director? Yeah. Oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I've been... I've been debating with it back and forth between Moonlight and La La Land. Um, obviously, those are the two front runners. Yeah. Um, personally... If I was in the voting body, I'd be picking La La Land. It was my number one movie of the year, and I have to just stick to my guns with what I, you know, what I pick to win. Um, but personally, I actually do hope Moonlight wins because it's just the type of movie that never wins the Oscar. So for picture, yeah, for best picture. So I actually hope that Moonlight wins, and uh, for best director, uh, I hope Damien Chazelle wins wins best director because ah, I just think he's, okay. you know, I think La La Land is a finely crafted film people haven't made musicals like this in a long time and i think he's just a, an amazing talent okay mm -hmm. um i'm just excited that this is the first time in a long time that there's an oscars where the movies that are nominated for best picture aren't like brooklyn or danish girl where it's like uh, i enjoyed these I'm movies i guess Dane. i'm always like, in a period piece yeah um or uh, what was that one with Tom Hanks where he was like helping out spies? Uh, Br uh, Bridge, Bridge of Spies. spies. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. See, that was also good. But yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. like they cross I, the bridge. But and this now year, the movie literally ends with Tom Hanks sleeping on a bed. Yeah. <laughs> this year, there's so many movies that I'm pat. Like, I'll be fine if Moonlight wins. I'll be fine if La La Land wins. I'll be fine if like Manchester by the Sea wins. Right. Um, even Arrival, I'd be like, oh, okay, like. Yeah, I think like Hell or High Water is like this year's uh, Bridge of Spies. Like it's kind of that movie that. I don't just, know. Like, it's either Lion or Hell or High Water, and Hidden Figures like the three movies where I'm just like. They'll, th those yeah. will be the spotlight <laughs> picks. Like no one saw Spotlight winning. Yeah, right. what was right. supposed to win that year? Everybody Revenant, right? Uh, yeah, was yeah, it? yeah. yeah. I Revenant was my film that of that year. Really? year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, for director, I really want to see. I can't get this right, and I don't want to pull like a hack, like Shalomalan joke or whatever. Uh, Denis, Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. I think he's been doing such it's solid, like, like nine, uh, ten out of tens. Yeah. And he needs to get recognized on the scale that like Alexander in your 
Alejandro Again, Alejandro 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 he's getting recognized. Yeah, I actually agree with that. Because they're... I don't think I've seen crap from... Uh, Inaritu or, or, or Villeneuve. Yeah. Yeah. And Arrival's a perfect movie for... Uh, well, actually... This you could sort of see some flaws in the the directing compared yeah. to his other stuff, yep, but yep, like, yep. And he didn't use actually he actually didn't use Roger Deakins for Arrival, which might be a example as to why the cinematography in Arrival isn't as great as his other films. Mm-hmm. The, the cinematography in Sicario is like sick. I mean, like, there's moments okay. where Deakins is there for Blade Runner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. And Deakins, you know, he's got almost Sicario perfect. was like so. Oh, it's so intense it, in the opening shots, and it's just like. Ugh, it's too much to and handle the, early on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so to... So best to, director... Best director, Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve and um, I hope Manchester wins. Awesome. That's actually, yeah. Yeah, it's a good pick. Cool, yeah, pretty cool pick. Uh, Last I but not least. Say, this is hard. No this, pressure. Uh, well, you're thinking, another movie that was not good this year. Did you guys see Allied? Yeah, I did see Allied. Yeah. The most... Everyone just seemed like they were throwing in the towel. Like it just felt like everyone's like, "Okay, we're doing a five out of ten performance." It's, it's like, my yeah. turn to talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'd say, you know what? This is hard because I want La La Land to win picture because I think it was the most solidly constructed movie of the year. Yeah. And the most enjoyable, and the one you can go to the most times, and I think will stand the test of time yeah. more than Moonlight will. Yeah. But just to shut the fucking internet trolls up, I want Moonlight to win. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm gonna say La La Land. I want to see Win Picture, and for director, I would give it to Barry Jenkins for directing such a different film about race yeah. that anyone of any color can relate to because it's not really a film about race. Yeah. And it's just a genuinely hard-hitting emotional film that's brilliantly crafted. Yeah. And that was all thanks to the director's vision. Yeah. So I'd say that. uh, I mean, it's a tie between him and... Is the director of Manchester by the Sea nominated? Uh, Kenneth Lonergan, I yeah. believe he is. Okay, I think he I is. would like if if he didn't win, I want him or uh, Kenneth Lonergan to win. Yeah, Damien Chazelle will be fine. He'll get his Oscar eventually. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> the Academy loves him. I mean, Whiplash last year was the little engine that could. Yeah, Whiplash and, had yeah. had an argument to even be Best Picture that year. It yeah. was that good. Um, yeah. So th- those are good picks. Yeah. yeah, those are good. So that that's about it for our Oscars coverage. That transitioned into who knows what. Uh, it would be hilarious if Mel Gibson won. Just <laughs> oh my god, it <laughs> would you, be so. We good. already got Trump nominated. There's yeah. so many things with people being like the alt right. All this stuff's taking over. Yeah. I would. I. It would be funny. In a sense, but be, yeah. of Mel, if Mel Gibson won, it I don't know something's up, and I think that yeah. would be funny in a sense, except for the fact that like directors I, who deserve getting recognized yeah. would. And right. I would hate to see Donald Trump's tweet if uh, he won. I don't know. We should do like a live reaction to the Oscars. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. We have the Mevo, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, right. we'll, Just so everyone knows, I don't actually want Mel Gibson to win. Uh, yeah, yeah. We either. don't want him to we win. I'm just looking don't. at the bright side of him winning would be like pandemonium right yeah if, we, like, i've seen enough pandemonium from last year yeah i was in the middle of wrigleyville yeah and then after the cubs won the world series fucking trump won so <laughs> you know yeah i i if mel gibson won i'd be very i'd be pretty angry i mean they've been <laughs> they've been kind to woody allen he won the oscar for uh midnight in paris and uh, I think, you know, Roman Polanski won with The Pianist winning, right? It won Best Picture, didn't yeah. it? Um, so it's like, but I think Mel Gibson, I hate to say this, but it's like way too soon. It's way too yeah. soon. And I know that seems like. He's not like, going to win. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not going to win. But like, I think. But then again, that's what we said about Trump. Right, yeah. right. So I mean, like, I don't think anyone saw Spotlight coming. So. No, yeah. no. Well, it's, it's there's an interesting contrast there where like Spotlight won Best Picture last year, and now this year, like we have you know people who have such negative opinions of journalists and negative opinions of <laughs> uh, of the press and news, yeah. and it's like th- th- this movie last year it won and it was a 
great movie because it showed the power of the press and it showed how important journalism was. And I think yeah. it came out like five years too late. Like if it won Probably. Best Picture like five, Probably. six years ago, yeah. it would have such, it would be so much stronger. Yeah. And it would resonate like. more with yeah. people, I think. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree with you. I, I just think like there's so many, uh, I think a lot of times too with the Oscars in general, there's always a lot of opinions. Everybody has a lot of opinions about certain things. And a lot of movies get lost in the shuffle. And a lot of movies that, yeah. that do win, you know, people will, you know, they talk about them so much. La La Land's victim to it already. I mean, Silence should have been nominated as well as Don't Think Twice. Yeah. What movie? Silence and Don't uh, Think Twice. Yeah. yeah. Silence, yeah, Don't Think Twice and 20th Century Women. Both, all, all three of those movies are very good. And, and uh, yeah, Silence, again, Silence is another movie where it's like, you know, uh, conservative people who are, you know, on the right, they like say, "Oh, you know, Hollywood elitists. They don't, they don't make movies that fit us. They don't make movies that fit us." It's like, well, Silence was the most like Christian movie. It talked about religion so much about religious but persecution. But it was really about challenging. Religion. Yeah, yeah, so it does challenge religion. But like, people didn't go see it. Is all I'm saying. Like, yeah. people didn't go see Silence. I didn't and go see like, Silence. Yeah. Like, why do you? What's the rumors on why it didn't get nominated? Because it's a Scorsese it film with bad, like bad top release. tier actors. Right. What's that? Bad timing of the release. Yeah. Terrible yeah. timing with the release. I mean, and and it's almost a three hour movie, right? It is a. I think it is a three it's hour a movie. It's a very long. It's a long. Sit. It's a long. It, but it's but it's worth it. It's yeah. really worth it. Like it, I saw it as a film critic. You know, some film critics in in the city of Chicago got to see it early because I'm not one of the you know elite film critics. But um, I saw it like on January like second. Okay? okay, like so I saw it like like three days after I put out my top ten because I tried to get it in you know before the end of the year. And Silence would have been in my top three. Oh my god! It, it's that good. It's really yeah. yeah. It sticks with you. It does, and it gave me the worst stomachache of my life. Yes, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that yeah. Was, that's about it for today. Uh, thank you everyone for coming on. Uh, is there anything you guys want to plug? Leo, you want to plug your website? Yeah, sure. Just be sure to go to a movieguy.com and check out our uh, movie reviews and interviews. We got uh, plenty of stuff for people to read and uh, enjoy. Yeah. If you enjoy my like weird opinions on movies I've seen recently, uh, listen to me and my friend's podcast, Silence of the Limbs. <laughs> it's on iTunes. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, check out You'll Probably Agree on YouTube, which well, you can see the show there. And you can also listen to The Sin of Frauds here on SoundCloud, unless this also gets published on YouTube. And uh, thank you very much. We'll see you at the movies. Bye. Bye-bye. See ya. So are we gonna have like a post Oscars discussion? We should. Yeah, we really should. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. That's why I wanna do like a live Oscars reaction. <laughs> I just gotta find a way to watch the Oscars. Well, we could just watch it and you just get our reaction through the media.